Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. TV Concierge, my name is Bill Simmons. I'm with Amanda Dobbins. We both suffered through a show called Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu. That was a big Hulu project that was a captivating watch for the following reason. I thought it was one of the worst television shows I've ever seen. I enjoyed every minute of it. And the season finale uh, went to levels that I just was not prepared for. Amanda, are you glad you watched the show? I'm glad to know about it. It is one of those transcendent train wrecks that really has to be seen to be believed or disbelieved as the case may be, because especially the last three hours, I just yelled, what are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing at the TV? And that's fun. Yeah, I agree. It was also fun to watch with other people. I watched every episode with my wife and my daughter. We made jokes the whole time. It was a peanut gallery show. It's a show that it's unclear how the wheels came off at what point in the creative process. It was based on a book. Reese's production company did it. She's playing basically the same character as the Big Little Lies character, except more evil. Would you say that? Yes, definite shades of Madeline, but just no development whatsoever. She's like the Macaulay Culkin character from The Good Son, which is actually (laughs) not a movie that I remember. I just remember the poster, which is Macaulay Culkin making that like I'm evil smile, which Reese Witherspoon does 20 times in this show. Is would you have tried to talk Reese out of this one? Because that's kind of where I landed right about halfway through episode two. Like, why? What, what was special about this character? Why was this a different choice for you than Big Little Lies character? I, I didn't understand it. I go back and forth on this. Reese is very important to both of us. We are in the Reese Witherspoon support club. You are like a founding member, yeah. as I understand it. And I want good things for her. So in that sense, yes, I would have tried to talk her out of it because this didn't work out. I do kind of like that she's self-aware. Like, she clearly knows that we all think she's really uptight type A Southern lady. And so she keeps seeking out these characters and then tries to, like, make them as evil as possible and have fun with it. I appreciate that. But I don't really think she assembled the correct team to explore that world with. Agree. So if you're Reese's husband and you're like, okay, so she's played two shows in a row here, uptight, everything seems perfect on the surface lady who cheats on her husband and doesn't really have it that many regrets on it. Should I look at, at the mirror here? 
Yeah, I would be asking some questions. Though, Twist, you pointed out an interesting, important plot point, which is that Reese's character cheats on her husband, who's played by Joshua Jackson, a.k.a. Pacey, and we will get to him. Yeah. But there is one episode where, like, Reese's character goes to New York and meets, like, her former boyfriend who she has an affair with. And I was like, I want this to be the whole show. Yeah. Like, I just want to see what happens. I don't even care about the Kerry Washington character, who we have not discussed yet. Just show me Reese having an affair, and then her kids are mad, and it's, like, unfaithful, too. I would love it. Right. 10 out of 10. Right, but except the thing when Reese becomes the unfaithful, her sex drive is overpowering the character person. They never go full tilt with it, and it always seems kind of awkward and weird. Like, it be, was it Big Little Lies when she has... She's having, oh no, not Big Little Lies, uh, the morning show when she's like, I'm going on a run. I'm, I'm going to go on a sex run here and have sex with the bartender in the back. And it was just like, oh no, why Reese? No. But she also has sex in Big Little Lies. Remember with like the in guy the who's directing the community theater play of Avenue Q. And she's like, I must have sex with this guy because of my commitment to the community arts. Yeah. It's never clear why the people want to have sex with Reese's character, who's always completely loathsome to hang around with. That that part never makes sense. Uh, Carrie Washington, another person near and dear to my heart, who I, I support mm-hmm. fully. I feel like I've been with a long time from uh, I've owned Stockton, this person. I say this with all due respect. She's terrible in the show. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know why she is treating every scene like it's the fences scene with Denzel and Viola Davis is crying. Every scene is the most important <laughs> acting experience she's ever had. And nobody at any point were like, hey, uh, Carrie, maybe dial it back 20%. Yeah. So I would like to offer a partial defense of Kerry Washington, who I agree is not good on this show. There are two things. This show is theoretically about how Reese Witherspoon's character and Kerry Washington's character like become kind of interested or obsessed with each other and then their families become intertwined and then yeah. terrible things happen. Except they have no friend chemistry whatsoever, which I'm sure they like each other in real life. I'm sh- and I, I love both of these people, but you don't really buy that these two characters care about each other. Number two, Carrie Washington gets asked to give the most ridiculous speeches in every episode. She suddenly has to explain like a major sociological concept to every single other person in the show. Yeah. And it's, It's not her fault that it's bad writing. You know, I have seen her deliver preposterous speeches on Scandal, like preposterous plot. But because Shauna Rhimes knows how to write a speech, you enjoy it. And this is like she didn't have a ton to work with. That's why I did the big caveat before I talked about how bad she is on the show, because it's like I don't think she knew what to do. So her solution was like, I'm just going to overact in all my scenes. I'm with you. It never I mean, are the many faults of the show. It's unclear why Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon would ever have interacted at any point in the show. It's always awkward. It's always insulting to Carrie Washington's character. And it makes no sense. And and by the way, this is the stretch of the show when it actually seemed like it had a chance to make sense. I mean, when you talk about the wheels coming off the last three episodes, it's indescribable. It really is. I would actually urge people to watch this if they hadn't seen it. I've never seen a show like this. The thing is, is you can't 
understate how soapy this show is. Like, people scream, that's my baby, at other people on this show on every <laughs> single episode. Like, multiple times. There's not even one that's my baby plot line. There's, like, four that's my baby plot lines. Right. There's also, Carrie Washington's character is supposed to be an artist with all respect to Kerry Washington, some of the worst art I have ever seen right. in my entire life. There's a really tremendous reveal involving one of Kerry Washington's art projects and Reese Witherspoon's character. We'll just leave it at that. Every single time you think it's going to a place of, oh, I guess we're going to talk about a thought or maybe these two characters will have a moment. Instead, it's like next level soap opera. You stole my baby nonsense. Yeah, so I guess if if it had been sold to us from the get-go as this is like the the most well-done Lifetime movie miniseries you've ever seen, I, it would have made more sense to me, but I don't think that was the intention. I think they felt like they were doing a really weighty show about women's choices, women's control of their bodies, about adoption, about racism. I feel like they felt like this was going to win 19 Emmys. I really do. I agree with you. And I think that's the problem. And I also, it's not to say that soapy shows can't have ideas or can't be about stuff, which they can. I think you and I are both fans of like a lot of really trashy shows that also have something to say about the way we live our life. But the problem with this show is that it doesn't know it's soapy. Like every single time someone yells, that's my baby. It's like they're doing the Braveheart speech. Yeah. And instead of, and they really think that they are exploring serious issues at a high level. And they just, they don't really know how to execute it. It kind of reminds me of Morning Show as well, which is another show that you and I loved or loved to hate watch, which the issues just kind of get away from them. It's hard to be Aaron Sorkin and write TV dialogue about things. Well, and I think that speaks to this incredible year Reese just had. Big Little Lies season two, which was in retrospect, just bad. We wanted it to be good. Meryl Streep's in it. But now that I look back, I'm like, would I have rather had that seven hours back? Yes. Then yes. Morning Show, which was almost irredeemable except for episode eight. That one great episode had. Other than that, it was terrible. And then this show, it's like, Reese, who's picking your projects? Fire your production company executive. Start over. I guess she's picking them. And and this one comes from Reese loves to adapt books. And that's been her thing for a while. You know, Reese Witherspoon reads like 100 books a year or something, which is a lot of books, more than books than I read. And so I think she thought that this would be a lane for her. But it really just is Big Little Lies season two all over again. Like, do you remember that there's a custody battle that's like a court case yeah. for the last two episodes of Big Little Lies season two? And nobody wanted to watch it then. And definitely no one wants to watch this one. This one makes Big Little Lies season two look like Kramer versus Kramer. But we get Josh Jackson as an attorney. Josh I, Jackson, who, how many episodes? There was eight. First seven mails it in. He's just like, I'm on cruise control. I'm still running on fumes from the affair. I'm not working hard. I, I don't want to break a sweat. And then the last episode, he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust it out. I'm going to actually act in this episode. And he's actually pretty good. I have no idea why he's in this. I don't understand where I'm supposed to leave his character as as I leave the show. What like what? I have no idea what's going on. One of my notes was literally, is Pacey asleep? Because he honestly <laughs> is just just he's just not even doing anything. And it's pretty great casting. This this show is set in the 90s and they like try really hard with the 90s references. I really actually, hard. Th- really, really, really I, hard. 
You know what? I enjoyed when two of the teenagers discussed whether they should have sex at the prom based on when. Not uh, a two and oh. Yeah. Yeah. And they argue about good. whether it was the prom or spring fling. So also casting Joshua Jackson, who was Pacey, an extremely formative 90s teen heartthrob to me personally and many other people of my generation is great. And then they just put him in the freezer for seven episodes. They give him literally nothing to do. Two things before we go. Um, so what was redeeming about this show? Uh, everybody on the show is basically unlikable except for Carrie Washington's daughter, Pearl, who I really liked. And I also liked the actress. And so if we're going like winners and losers, she's a winner. And I think Izzy, the youngest daughter that Reese Witherspoon had that she hates, who ruined her life, basically, who has a lot of issues. I thought she was good, too. Those would be my only two winners. Honestly, I don't think anyone else wins on the show. Not one person. Yeah, I thought the teens were good. I also thought Carrie Washington was good with both of those teen actors. In those scenes, like, okay. Yeah, they had a nice bond. So I guess Carrie Washington working with the next generation is a winner. I I agree. I don't really have any win- winners at all. I don't know what to say, especially Shaker, about the Shaker ending. Heights? Shaker Heights no. winner? Uh, all right, so- I don't think so. I don't mind giving away the ending because odds are anyone listening to this has probably already seen the show or stopped watching it three episodes in and is trying to reevaluate their life. They hint at a fire in the first episode. So we know the house sets on fire and there's some drama of like, okay, who set the fire, which is supposed to keep us kind of locked in. The other big plot is this waitress that Carrie Washington worked with who abandons her baby, just abandons it. Rosemary Witt picks it up. Uh, Rosemary DeWitt, uh, becomes the mom. And then I'm supposed to feel bad for the mom who abandoned her child and should now get it back. I don't know what was going on with that plot. Yeah, they try to make it about postpartum depression, which is a real issue. But again, the show is not equipped to explore any of the complexities of any of these issues. And they actually let this poor woman who is the mother who had to suffer postpartum depression, they have her storm into a cocktail party and scream, that's my baby. I have said that's my baby as many times as the show has now. But it's that scene. I couldn't believe I was watching it. Well, they had a multiple That's My Babies. And then in the season finale, they had a Where's Our Baby? So, <laughs> a lot of exc- I imagine in the scripts, a lot of exclamation points. It did lead to one iconic moment with Reese where <laughs> oh my God. The, the older daughter who gets into Yale and she's yelling, everything's, br- the family's breaking apart. And she goes, I'm not perfect. And Reese goes, you are perfect. And just like screams it at <laughs> top of like, her lungs. But it's like a dog was so register. Only like dogs could hear it. It's so high. I, she commits. Reese Witherspoon is like, I will play this person as evil as I need to. And I do respect that about her. Um, the, the actual finale of how we found out how the fire was set, which we won't spoil just on the rare chance that you haven't seen it was even more, I was like, I'm ready for the most absurd reveal that we could possibly have. (laughs) And it's like, no, no, it's going to be 20 times more absurd. This was an utter train wreck. And then you have Hulu, who also has Mrs. America, which I think is a fantastic show. So good. And you have have Mrs. America on one end, and then it's like, here's little fires everywhere. The worst show anyone's going to come up with in 2020. So congrats to Hulu. Do we hit everything? One more thing. They use 90s music, except they won't play the original 90s music. And every single music cue is like a sad woman singing You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette or like Sex and Candy, Marcy's Playground. Remember them? 
that's when Reese Witherspoon and Joshua Jackson have sex on their scheduled Wednesday and Saturday and Marcy's right. Playground. But it's not Marcy's Playground. It's a cover is playing. I just wanted them to play the 90s music. And off that thing, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. The theme song for the show, the opening credits, is the worst theme song I've ever heard for a major Tobin show ever. It's like, dun, 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 like these violins coming flying in. It is atrocious. This show is so bad. I urge people to watch it in groups. That's my TV yeah. concierge recommendation. Yes, agree. Have people to talk to. Before we go, any advice for Reese's next move? Because my advice would be not to play a character like this again. Just maybe take a four-year break. My advice would to be not to do Little Fires Everywhere season two, which has been floated. No. Don't do no. it. Don't do it. Floated no. by who? Satan? By the... Sh- <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do little fires everywhere. All right, for uh, TV Concierge, I'm Bill Simmons. I was Amanda Diamonds. Every day we'll have at least one of these coming on this feed, so stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.